When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, today, Bree and I are joined by the very lovely Sandra Ferns, who gave us Quinn in Motherland Fort Salem. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk to us today. We're so excited to talk to you. Well, Yay. thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You're, the reason we do, you're the reason we do what we do. So, oh. well, <laughs> well it's you're true. the reason we do what we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a symbiotic relationship. Symbiotic, yeah. sort of parasitical <laughs> relationship. Yes, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, first question. When we are first introduced to Quinn, she's performing fixer work that's similar to the kind that Rael and Willa do. Where did Quinn learn this Christo-Pagan work? Um, again, we the, the writers tell us what the characters know and, and, and don't know, but uh, in my own musings about that, I just think it's, uh, it's, it's uh, matriarchal knowledge that is like the same way we we learn from um you know the matriarchs in our own families like recipes and uh different ways like i know my grandmother uh knew all the plants in in manitoba where we grew up and what they could make and things like that so i think it just uh it just passed down is uh it would be yeah it would be my my that's my feeling about it anyway I love that. Then it makes it more of like a, a cultural thing versus like yeah. I went to school to learn this. Yeah, and I think that's part that's part of the story, you know, because I, I the, in that first uh, that that first scene where where I'm where uh, where, where I meet with Riel and and Tally, it's like, oh, uh, look who's speaking, you know, college speak. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, all, we're all college educated now. Right? Yep. Yes. And a lot of it is, oh, they don't teach you that at that fancy school, do you? Even though I guess um, Quinn must have gone there to have been conscripted, yeah. but didn't make it up into the up into the upper level, I guess. The she war was, college. Yeah, she was more the cannon fodder kind of. With, with old Willa. Yeah. That makes sense. I like that, that it's just like... Um thinking of it as a because this is motherland in general is very passed down from mother to daughter type of yeah feel yeah. in general yeah. so it gives it um a deeper culture yeah i like that so speaking of like military stuff so quinn at this point i guess when we're first introduced to her in that scene you're talking about it seems like she was definitely in the military but it seems to yes. be like retired from it now and yeah it's like living her life in the session 
So that's a really interesting area of the world because it seems to be like this place where like non-witches and witches are like living in harmony. And so I'm kind Mm -hmm. of wondering like now that Quinn's out of the military, like what is her view on like the military and her service and like, what does it mean? To her, I guess. Again, these are just my my speculations. I think probably um, if there had been more time to flesh out stories, uh, probably you know Elliot would have provided some of that for us. But um, she's chosen to live or has come from the session, which is sovereign Cherokee land. So I think that also says a lot about wanting to not live under the the established state of America. So, um, yeah, that I, I just think, yeah, that bet, better off to, to, to just leave, just leave that alone. And I think unlike Willa, she, her decision was just to absent herself from, from the state, um, and quite disillusioned, I think with the military and, uh, and, and what, the, what witches were conscripted to do on behalf of the state. So think that she's just trying to trying to fly under the radar until life finds her yeah so because we never get to actually know a lot about the whole like the backstory obviously because there's you know a lot of storylines going on mm-hmm. but it was just always interesting to me that there was an actual like you saw someone who was retired from the military because in the beginning it was it always felt like they were like well you're gonna die fighting at some point so it was kind of interesting to see that there was someone who actually got to retire from military service i think um early on i hope i'm not misspeaking but when we were uh you know at after being cast and asking some questions about it, there was some, uh, some of the early drafts had a, a mentions of a, of an injury. Mm. So that being discharged because of injury. And then I think it just complicated everything to, you know, to CG and in, in, an injury all the time and, and things, but I do like, but PTSD is also, um, a kind of disability. So I think that's, um, I think, in my mind, that's because she, you know, she talks about run. She talks when she talks about the time she and Willa had. There's this mix of, as we we hear from veterans all the time, this intense camaraderie under these intense conditions that creates this kind of intimacy that you never have with anyone else, but also the the trauma. That is that is an injury, so that's that was that was kind of the backstory that I was giving her. I also love that, like, despite trying to like remove herself from the military, like you were saying, and kind of like live her life now. I do love that when we are very first introduced to Quinn, her first scene is like, she's still healing people and helping people. Yeah. But for money. Yeah. (laughs) For a price. (laughs) But I love that. It's like, you know, that's what she was doing in the army and she's still helping. Yeah. But now she does it for cash. So yeah. Yeah. On her terms. She's using, at least she's using her work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah, give me the cash. I do love that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gotta eat, right? Got yeah, it. you gotta eat. Got got eat. Casseroles or cash, one of yeah. the two. Yes, exactly. 
Okay, so in season two, there's a scene where Tally walks in on Quinn meeting with a group of Dodgers. Mm -hmm. uh, what is Quinn's involvement in the Dodger community? Um, again, I don't know what the writers would have said. I think I think it's just that um, somebody who's trying not to be involved, but also wants to do the right thing. So she knows they're there. Everyone should live and let live. But now when push comes to shove and the Camarilla is putting people in danger and things that she, with her training and her, like her military training, her ability to organize and maybe kind of uh, her position in the community as an, as an elder um, amongst the non-Indigenous people that um, she's, she just, I, I think somewhat reluctantly has to step in and uh and do her thing but yeah it's just everyone it's a, i guess a little bit i don't know uh, a little bit f being up in canada uh during the vietnam war we had a lot of dodgers and there are whole communities in british columbia in particular in the in the kootenays that are our whole towns that were that 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 rose up because of that and it's just you know it's very you, interesting yeah you do you so I like that. I love that. That's such a great answer. Um, so our next question, we talked about a little bit. We were going to ask you um, if you had a backstory for Quinn. I know you mentioned a couple of things like five minutes ago, but do you have any other little like tidbits or things you thought of for like who Quinn was um, before we were introduced to her? It's it's interesting. Actors work in, in really different ways. And I know there, you know, I've, I've have castmates who want to sit down and talk about our backstory. And I'm not usually that kind of an actor. I like to work with the words on the page and, um, and try and figure out why the writer is having that character make those sounds at that particular moment. So I, in real life, we're not always thinking about our backstory. So sometimes like all the things that I just said to you now, it's, I didn't think of those things and then audition or then played the part it kind of arose as i said the words and and lived the things that the character is living in those imaginary circumstances and then I went oh this feels like this after the fact so pretty that there's not there's not a heck of a lot i every once in a while it bugs me that i that i that i don't have a whole name <laughs> It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, at some point she must have had uh, a, a family and a name. So even that, the fact that she just goes by Quinn and there's no sort of, I don't know if that's a surname or like, but that that's her identity now. Um, says like there's something back there that is like a door has been closed and I don't know how much of that um, would have become relevant um, and maybe has something to do with why she feels so protective of, of all those young women and, uh, and, and, you know, pulls herself out of a, a really uneventful existence that she's managed to create for herself and decides to go back into action. So, yeah, it's a it's a it's a mystery. It's a mystery to me too. But it it wasn't it it wasn't. There's so much to do in such a short time, 
um, on a shoot schedule like that. And you don't get the scripts that far ahead of time. So mm -hmm. it, uh, it didn't, it didn't impact my ability to do what was on the page, but there are, I have, I think I have probably all the same questions. Like what is her name? <laughs> Elliot. That's, yeah, that's who he is now. So maybe he could spin her off. I don't know. <laughs> we have so many questions for Elliot, it's, and that's just added another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a there's so much in this world that could be in like in many different media, like graphic novels, or you know, yes. if another series doesn't manifest, or in some ways that this is so so rich. Yes, I've always felt like we needed 20 episodes a season rather than oh, 10. Yeah, yeah, 20 episodes with, yeah, like the, some of the others, some of the other alternate worlds that we see being built and they take, yeah, they, they have five minutes just establishing right. someone in a room and letting the richness of the worlds develop. And yeah, this, this one moved out of necessity really fast. Yeah. yeah, it had to be hard to pick and choose what yeah. to actually put on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So don't envy that, but it's nice to get to watch it. Yeah. yeah. So we don't catch up with Quinn again until halfway through season three. Do you have any idea what she was up to since the season two finale? Well, buying a new house, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had, had questions, questions about, about that. that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, if I'm, if this is, uh, if I'm allowed to say this, but it gets all wrapped and everything else. Um, I, I was, a, we were supposed to shoot those days in that funky house from season two, but COVID plays ha played oh. havoc with who could be shooting on that day and the days we were scheduled to shoot on that location because of COVID rearrangements, another set of scenes had to be shot on those days. And that was the location that they had. So that became someone else's house. And then they had to source something that they could make vaguely look hmm. like, like my house. It was much fancier. So she obviously, yes. I don't know, moved up in the world. She had quite a summer. Someone yeah, died like, or I don't know. She must have healed a lot of people. Yeah. Frank, <laughs> Frank died and left her his money. I, I don't mm -hmm. know what happened there so out of necessity and also yeah and then it just it became part of the obviously became part of the story so i i yeah i it it's i think just um yeah it's a mystery again because of having to tie up all the storylines like she's on the bus with everybody driving the bus and then everything we pick up the story like I think we like we missed a few steps in order to wrap it all up in one season. So just went back, maybe went back to the session just to keep her ear to the ground, I think. Because mm -hmm. they are wanted. And so I think she just went back and, you know, was like maybe a central place where people could, as they do, could come and just be an intel. Because she does have that ability to connect as, as they all do. So I think, I think that's what I think she's doing just, and, and trying not to draw attention to, to things, you know? Right. That makes yeah. perfect sense. Cause we were like, where did Quinn go? She said, I know. 
No, I when I found like when we found out that that was like they had to wrap it all up in one season, I was like, yeah. oh, will I get run over by the bus? <laughs> <laughs> Well, because it was because like, they they had so much of so long standing storylines that had to be wrapped up in such a short time. I thought, well, there's like, I you know, that's there's not there's not going to be any time to further develop this. So, are they just going to like let, throw me under the bus? It's like Nick to ran over. Yeah, 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 Nick to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In my brain, it was, it would have, like, if they had, if we had gotten the actual road trip, if you will, it would have always been Quinn driving, so. Yes, yes, because I, because, yeah, I had, I have an awesome picture of me and, and my double, because I don't drive a bus. <laughs> so they, um, That's so cool. Yeah, so there's a picture of me and my double, and we, we look like twisted twins from a Cohen movie. It's really awesome. Oh I love that. That must be, that's so awesome. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, we were, there was, they were all set. To, for 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 someone to be driving, yeah, but because in my in my mind it was like Quinn driving, and then every there's a ruckus in the back, and she's just having to deal with all these kids. back there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted to see. Yeah, I know. <laughs> are we there yet? Be quiet. Because <laughs> you know Tally would ask, like, are we oh, there God, yet? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah, I don't know Rails where they would have gone. The magical mystery bus tour. I don't know where they were gonna, what they were gonna yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Abigail starting fights with Nicta. Yes, I could see that. Uh, wow, we're sad we didn't get our our bus ride of chaos with everybody. But, um, <laughs> we do love that we come back and well, you can imagine it. You see, there you go. Yeah, you totally. Have your bus ride. Exactly. <laughs> exactly the way you want it to be. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're the right. That's a wonderful way of looking at it. <laughs> the bus ride that you, you, the way you want it to be. Okay. We were going to ask you about the house, but you already answered that. Want to go to the next question, Brie? Uh, sure. So what do you think Quinn was feeling when she learned that Willa turned to the spree? That's a really complicated one, hey? Um, when someone that you care about um, that like is radicalized in that way, and we see so much of it in the world right now, that if people feel so disempowered that all they can do is turn to violence. Um, I had, uh, yeah, the the moment when uh, when when Silla says that to Edmund, and I looking at the line that was written and then talking to uh, to Brian on set and saying it's just like really all, all it was just oh Willa like just all of that encapsulated like it's it's yeah understanding why um the choice that Quinn made was to leave and uh and let things take their course but go into a into a into, into a, a nation that wasn't that did, that didn't share that militaristic value, and uh, and Scylla took the radicalization. And I guess, like everywhere in the world, you you know someone's freedom fighter or someone else's terrorist. So, mm-hmm. 
It's when you delivered that like, line, it was so like layered though. Yeah. And they, and sometimes, yeah, the, the most layered things we don't have words for. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was, yeah, it's lovely to be able to work with, with writers like that and just realize that sometimes you can't say anything. And, and that is, that's, that's the truth of that moment. So it is, there's so, there's again, um, so, so much complexity, um, woven into, uh, this kind of action story that it's, uh, those moments like that, that, you know, you, you don't know, I guess you don't know what to think. The whole scene yeah. was beautiful though. Uh, the was. three of you just, I haven't been able to, I haven't been able to see it. Oh, it was one of my oh, favorites. It was so beautiful. Yeah. We don't get, well, we don't, I don't have a, a bit of a, a bit of a Luddite. I don't have a VPN and uh, the, you can't get Hulu in Canada okay. and, um, and it's not airing uh, the air, air, network airing of it on ABC stopped at episode three weeks ago for some reason. And I was Googling Weird. everything, searching. And I was, I'm not the only person in Canada going, where did it go? Where did it go? So um, I hope, I hope we'll be able to catch up, but it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was, you could tell when we were shooting it and, and Shannon being the director that she is that, uh, and the writing and, and, you know, Rothgar and Amalia is, it was gonna, it was gonna, gonna be good. It really was. <laughs> it was, it was, it, it was very impactful. That's oh, that's how I'll put it. Good. Good. <laughs> because it was such an important scene for all three characters in yeah. in a way. Because like Syl has been carrying that around for uh like a year, like, a almost like years. two years yeah. at that point. Yeah. And you know she's like this is basically her father in law that she's about to give this information to that yeah. you know he could conceivably turn around and just like hate her for not telling him and you know Quinn who she obviously had some camaraderie with yeah and who had her suspicions yeah about about uh what that Willa Willa ain't dead uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's so I'm glad you said that <laughs> I always wondered that if Quinn kind of had an inkling <laughs> it was a it was a line it was shot in the in the first episode I appeared in that was cut because the audience already knew Willa wasn't dead but Quinn with the information that that uh that Willa hadn't shown up for for Rael um the line she did Quinn said well maybe Willa ain't dead and mm. you know, I always I always in, in the original drafts I had all these dun 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 lines <laughs> I love that. yeah I love it but but, but I I knew ahead of time that that was going to get cut because the audience already knew and you have such a short amount of time. You don't need to hear a character say something that the audience already knows, but yeah, that because it, it is written in there, there's something, something going on here. And I guess going back to your previous question, I think the hardest thing to wrap our minds around was that just leave, like letting her loved ones think she's dead. Um, for I guess for their own protection, but still her own daughter and her husband and best friends. That uh, yeah, that was that was yeah that I think that that probably more the personal part of it 
um, probably hit harder than, uh, than maybe, although maybe it shouldn't, but the, the mass mm -hmm. terrors that, they, that this breed. Well, that's just how humans operate. The, yeah. the emotional part that connects to another person is always going to hit you harder in the, or more immediate feels. Yeah. More immediately. That's, that's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, it seems though that like Quinn is, is close with the collars just in general. So like Willa, obviously, because they served together and had that like intimacy from how, you know, the literal wars they went through. Um, but she does seem in the aftermath of Willa being gone to have formed a connection with like Edwin and Rael. So what is Well, her... yeah, said I was, I was your babysitter and things. Yeah. So I think um, a little bit of backstory that I didn't really think about. It just kind of arose was that they, they'd known each other for a long time, like before the army and that, that living in the session that they've, they kind of grew up together in a way. And um, there's always been a family connection there. So that one goes back and back. That was my impression. So yeah, I'm too. glad that that's the case because that was always or like, the... it's, it's, again, it's not the, it's not the case until the writers say it's the case. Right. But, but it's interesting how, even though, and maybe Elliot and Brian didn't even have that in the con in their conscious mind, but it's interesting working with, with text, um, that there are things that just kind of, you just kind of intuit. And then it's interesting when you speak to, to your audience and they go, yeah, I got that. I got that too. So somehow that impression, um, even maybe some from something as simple as a line, like I was your babysitter or, or just some, there are just some things I couldn't even put my finger on them. And, and then you heard the lines rather than read them. Like I get to do and, and the same thing is living in there. So they, they stuck it in there somehow. I don't know if they could explain it even, but yeah, it's, it's there. I don't know. Some kind of just the way that we interpret yeah. the language and the, even the non verbal language yeah. Yeah. that it just comes across. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. So yeah. All right. You mentioned that Quinn's storyline was reduced due to season three being the final season. Do you have any idea? Did they give you any indication what your the story arc might have been if no. the show? No. No. Um, I I'm and that's my assumption. I like no one told me. It was just a it was just an assumption. Um pretty logical assumption, I think at that moment, but you know, the fact that the, all of all that, 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 that the group of, of, of leads was on that bus and I was on that bus, you know, I, I led me to believe that I was going to show up <laughs> in season three. Um, and that, that there was, as, as we were talking about later, there was going to be something about that journey that, uh, and I don't know, I, probably um, kind of bonding, being kind of maternal figure for, for those young, for those young women. Cause there's lots of missing moms yeah. mm -hmm. in, the, in their stories. And yeah. And Alder's not exactly sort of warm and fuzzy in that way. So 
Um, yeah, so I, think, <laughs> I just think, so I think sort of what we were talking about before that this, this um, matriarchal ancestral non-formalized way of passing knowledge and knowledge keeping and things that, that I think there was a little bit of that function that, uh, that would have been in there sharing workings that, that yes. they don't teach. Like you saw uh, Scylla and Quinn start mm -hmm. to do um, at, at the end of season two. Yeah. The, I would the, have loved to have seen more of that. Me yeah, too. I think, there, I I think there would have been. Yeah, I think there would have been more. But again, we can imagine. Hey, she got to share her fancy house. She got to share her fancy house with everybody. I got a fancy house. Yeah. Fancy house. Yeah, like I want that house. I want that house too. <laughs> I would love to have that house. Right. I want apparent. I want Quinn's apparent like windfall of money. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn won the lottery in between seasons. Won the lottery. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm Did super something. retired in this beautiful house now. Yeah. Made the stock market. Like, I, who knows? Yeah. There you go. Play the stock market. Who knows? Um, okay. So how does working on Motherland compare to other projects that you've done previously? Working on Motherland was a complete and total joy. Um, it, I mean, getting on, like I, I've been doing this for a while. Um, it was not unusual to be the only woman on set between the cast and the crew. Um, and there's a kind of energy to that. Um, and being on Motherland, the, um, you know, the cast and directors, uh, producers, Amanda, um, there, were, there, were, uh, there were so many women, which was uh, an interesting thing. And then the culture created by Elliot as the showrunner. Um, it was just lovely from the minute, from the minute you went to get your COVID <laughs> test or, you know, and, and, and wardrobe and hair and makeup, it was just a really lovely, a lovely place to go, which as like in lots of, in lots of endeavors, that's not always the case. So it was, uh, it was, it, yeah, it was a, it was a really lovely experience. I feel really blessed that I that, that I, that I was given that opportunity. Yeah. You've heard that from everyone. Yeah. yeah. Like literally yeah. everyone. Yeah. It's so. a, and, and the, and like, and, and it begins with casting. Well, it begins with, it begins with how, how with the, with the culture of, of the whole creation of the show and the values of the people who are creating it. And it carries into the team they put together and uh, yeah, every, it was just, yeah, it was just a, a wonderful group of people throughout you know, throughout the, the cast and crew. That's amazing. I yeah. love that so much. And the caterers too. Yeah. They're really important. Of course. Yeah. If you don't eat, you can't work. Right. No, and you, and you need your, you need your treats so you don't get cranky after. Yeah, food. for sure. Was there yeah. anything you particularly. Uh, do, you, do you know what Hawkins cheesies are? No, but I have a feeling you're going to tell us. Um, they're they're a Canadian. They're a Canadian thing. They're they're uh, they're they're cheesy, like a Cheetos, but so much better. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Ooh, and good choice. Crafty had Hawkins cheesies, and that was people started bringing them to me. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. 
Here's the last bag. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Here's that. the last bag. It's for Here's you. The last bag. It's for you. Stuffing my pockets full. Yeah. Pockets Heck easy. yeah. Yeah, that was. That's that was, what was in here. Yeah, you don't see them very often, so that was that was great for me. Oh, I'm gonna have to look that up because <laughs> yeah. cheese, cheese things, crispy cheese things are are my yeah. jam. I don't know if I have, oh these are the best. I don't know if I don't maybe Amazon will send them. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Check on that. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> I believe you. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Theora, do you have anything else? Um, yeah. So we also found out that you um, teach or used to teach acting classes. So I'm kind of wondering. Be, I would say. Yeah. yeah. No, I did would, you? I don't know what it's like. My, yeah. my, I would say that teaching is my, what I would say is my primary profession. Um, because uh, training actor training is a really mysterious thing. Like, how do you get somebody like the imagination and the desire to live into a story, I think is just, if there's something that people are, are born with that you can't teach, it's that I think it's what makes somebody want to be a musician as opposed to a dancer, or it, there's just something about I uh, so deeply wanting to be in a story that you, you start acting it out. Um, and, uh, and so, but, but a lot of the way that the, that like people have been struggling, well, the people have been curious for decades, well, millennia actually, but how do people do this? Um, and I noticed that when I finished my training, um, oh, so many years ago before there was fire, um, that, <laughs> that, that I, I, I understood what I wanted to make, but my, I often couldn't do it. It'd be like, I don't know if you've ever heard a piece, like heard a song in your head or imagined a painting, but without the training to actually get the paint to do what you needed to do or in knowledge of music that you could actually manifest it somehow. So totally. that I'm really curious about that. And, and, um, I really, really love being in the, in the studio and in the classroom exploring how actors do what they do. And in the course of that, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's helped me in my own pursuits, but, um, these, these things like motherland, they come around, they, they come around, you know, few and far between. So, um, I would say that that's the thing that I, I focus on. I love that. That's really cool. That's so uh, Theora and I both write, so we can, yeah. we yeah. can like, there's a lot of times where I will see a story in my head, but I cannot for the life of me find the words to make it happen. Yeah. And so it just lives there until yeah. one day just something happens Yeah. or it just lives there forever because some I'm, of them never come to fruition. I'm reading, um, I'm reading, a, it, it's a fairly, it's a fairly old book now. There's a, a Vietnamese American poet writer, Ocean Vuong, and he wrote a, a book called On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous. And it's a letter to his mom who's illiterate as a, as a Vietnamese boat person fleeing, fleeing the war. Um, and he talks a lot about where stories come from and walking into stories and kind of leaving yourself, watching yourself walk into the story 
and leaving yourself behind and where the words come from. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, it's a right. Yeah. It's kind of the counterpart to, 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 to the writing. Whereas to look that up. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> a, it's a, it's a shatteringly beautiful book. Shatteringly beautiful. That's very interesting. Yeah. But we like, it's again, it's like we talked about the symbiotic relationships between audience and performer. Um, I, 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 I ha I can create and I can direct, I, you know, I have created shows and things, but when we're acting, sometimes the metaphor I use for my students is we're the piano and the piano doesn't, you know, the piano doesn't go, this would be better in F sharp major. Um, it plays the notes given. So I say what I say cause, cause someone wrote it down. So. So is that, is that like a piece of advice you give all of your students? Yeah. And there's, everyone has different approaches, but mm -hmm. that I would, yeah, the, the, the writer is the primary artist in what we do. So you play their music. So what would you say, say to someone like in our audience that was looking to get into acting? Like, what do you think they should know? <laughs> I know that's a that very big hard. question. Um, it's hard. I, it's hard. I know. And, and, and students get really, get really um, tired of people who are still engaged in it saying things like, if you think you could be happy doing anything else. Right. But no, I, I would um, know why you want to. You know, it, it's it, 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 it not about celebrity or, you know, that may come probably not from most, but why you want to do it and um, get training and get training from people like when you when you audition for a school or you interview for a school, remember that it's um, it, it's going both ways. They're not just seeing if you're worthy of being in their program. Um, you need to see are are these people who will respect who I am. We're like like so much else. Um, the parameters about who can be an actor, thankfully, are changing. Um, so are they gonna are they gonna hear your voice? Are they gonna see you in your physicality? Um, so yeah, just I would I would yeah pursue it, encourage it, so you don't spend the rest of your life wondering what if. But uh, yeah, but but n know who you are, because <laughs> it's really easy to hear things about you know do this to yourself, do that to yourself, to fit some sort of marketable. Yes. Yeah. The intersection of capitalism and art. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that thing. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like at least over the recent years there there does seem to be culture shift happening like you yes. mentioned like with motherland yeah. it was mostly female cast which is like kind of novel and things like that and so yeah and 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 hearing different voices not whitewashing yeah. voices absolutely all, all the time yeah yeah that's why we really enjoyed the time we've gotten to spend in the session this season yeah. Yes. 
I like I want a whole show just about the the council and the session. Like yeah. that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the spin-off I want to see. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah, there's so many layers to this universe that uh that it could it could be it could yeah, it could it could be a whole universe. Absolutely. I mean, but that's just Elliot has so many things within the motherland world that could just be their own, own entities period. Yeah. Yeah, you could take exactly. any one of these characters and have an entire series based around them or an yeah, like you said so an entire good. like graphic novel series yeah yeah so hopefully the stories won't stop that that they'll find the meat they'll find other media and be able and then stories as we see with with superheroes and things cross over from media yeah. so we still have the the campaign like they're still we're still fighting <laughs> Well, it's worked before. Yeah. I mean, it trends every time that that things get going. And Amalia has been trending for the past two days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Taylor was doing the Star Fury convention and she was talking about a couple of things involving Amalia. And then it just like, yeah, went. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That's great. I, yeah, I wish them all the success in the world. They're they're very talented, really deserving young women. That uh, that I hope we see far more of. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe back together again. That point. would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because because we need to actually get Quinn's backstory someday. Her <laughs> last name. <laughs> Yeah. We need Quinn's last name, or or her first name, or yeah, her real name. name. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I don't know. I don't know. So many questions. Yeah, so, like what happened to her family? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Oh well, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Okie dokie. Well, do you have any final words for our listeners at home? Um, before we wrap everything up just a just a huge thank you um because um it there i can't remember where i read this it was a book about acting um and uh a a british i know it was a british female actor and uh speaking about the difference between working live on stage and working for the camera and the way she put it was when you're live on stage it's like having a conversation because you feel the audience, you feel their reactions, and it's unique every single time you perform. It's a, even a whole big group of people becomes a singular personality. They're all different. But when you work for the camera, and this is how old this quote was, it's like writing a letter to somebody and putting it in the mail. And you did did anyone get it? Did they read it? Are they going to write back? Right. We it so so when people take. I mean. Um, I, it's my job to go and do what I do. I, I get lots of different kinds of rewards from going to do what I do, but, but, um, we make it for you and the fact that you take time out of your day to engage and then not just engage by watching, but engage by wanting to, um, tell us we're appreciated and learn more about how and why we do what we do. It's, um, it's a really important thing. Like that's the, the, the work, the work doesn't exist until it's, it's embraced by, by an audience. 
So it's, uh, it's just a really special thing. And it's, uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks for being there. Thank you. We thank you for <laughs> doing what you do. And oh, just, it's, uh, it's completely interdependent. It is. And yeah. it's also why we started to try to get as many of the crew as possible as well. Yeah. yeah. Because we wanted to highlight their work. Well, we and, can't do anything without everyone, you know? And we also wanted to kind of do, or uh, Caitlin, the, our producer, Caitlin, really wanted, is really passionate about educating people about what goes on behind the scenes and yeah. what the crew, each crew member does. So that was another important thing for us to have everyone that worked on the show represented yeah. hopefully. Yeah. So yeah, it's we're really glad that you came in and talked to us. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad it all worked out. And I, yeah, and I, I'm, yeah, it's really lovely to be, to be asked because it, yeah, it, it seemed like such a small thing, but yet somehow again, due to the quality of the writing, it's like something bigger than the sum of its parts came out of that. Who has the dog? Me. <laughs> <laughs> ours, is, ours is being very quiet right now i You're didn't lucky. put her in your crate so what kind of dog do you have it's not my dog our eldest daughter is staying with us she's a stage manager and when um covid hit all the work dried up and she moved up north in british columbia to, uh, to fort st john with her partner who's uh, a helicopter pilot so for a long time they've been not very often in the same city because her work is urban and his work is rural. He was uh, fighting forest fires and now flying helicopters. So she went up there and then now theater's slowly starting. So she's back here actually stage managing a show at a uh, Shakespeare festival here called Bard on the Beach that her dad directed Ooh. actually, um, my husband directed. And uh, so it's her dog. That's a very long way of saying it's her dog. <laughs> that sounds cool though like i'd go to that yeah a little bit of a family business happening i love it yeah yeah you, last last week theora's dogs were in her lap while we what kind did of the episode review what kind of dogs are they i have a golden doodle and oh. a cockapoo nice nice yeah, the golden doodle's a giant baby and i had to hold her the whole time we were well you gotta it. do what you gotta do you gotta, yeah. do what you gotta do yeah and my uh my middle daughter uh her partner was on locations for motherland oh wow funny. that was kind of a funny that's cool bit of yeah that was kind of funny so that's speaking funny. of interconnectedness yeah and right <laughs> yeah so i got a lot of intel about what was going on you're like fun. all right give me the give me the skinny i don't like nothing just just sort of am i coming back who's up on the board <laughs> your nice picture, your picture's still there okay you're still there well thank you again thank you. for coming to talk to us it was very lovely and we hope somehow that the series goes on and who knows maybe we'll get to see you in some form inhabiting yeah. quinn again someday that would, but... that would be that would be splendid thank you
And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Uh, Please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes. And please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things. Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus. <laughs>